It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and I am thrilled to be with you again today. On this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, approximately 15 to 20 minutes in length, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. And we come to you today with somewhat heavy hearts over the end of the Giants season. It, it really ended in a way that was quite difficult to stomach. The, the Giants would have gotten into the postseason with just one more win. They end up 29-31. and 31. The last game was a gut punch. The umpire, Rob Drake, took the bat out of the Giants' hands on multiple occasions, including on the last pitch to Austin Slater with Mike Yastrzemski on deck in a one-run game. So very difficult to, to witness. And ultimately, I'm just left with a feeling of sadness that this team didn't get a chance to go to the postseason. So many things went right. The offense was so resurgent. They liked playing together. And they had a really good shot. And I think just making the postseason would have been a great, great accomplishment for this team. So they felt a little bit short of that. Difficult game over the weekend with Sam Coonrod giving up a walk-off home run at Oracle Park to the Padres. Just unbelievable. So we'll talk all about it. We'll, we'll take a step back and look at the season and just kind of reflect But first, a little bit about me. I've been a contributor for the baseball analysis sites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I started a Giants podcast called Covecast in 2015 and then joined the Locked On Podcast Network prior to the 2019 season. I'm also a lifelong diehard Giants fan. And as I say that, I'm reminded of the fact that the loss in the second game of the doubleheader on Friday felt like one of the worst losses the Giants have ever had, like since the year 2000. That ranks up there probably as a top 10, possibly even top 5 loss. They had a two-run lead going into the bottom of the 7th. With a win, they would have been 30-28, and which ultimately would have been enough to get them into the postseason. And this was on Friday, so if they had just won this game or any of the next two, They would have been in, but they could not get it done. I thought Hank Shulman in the San Francisco Chronicle had a nice phrase to kind of summarize this season. 
And he said that it was a successful failure. And that's kind of how I view it as well. Ultimately, they failed. In this game, they failed. Sam Coonrod was brought in to protect a two-run lead in the bottom of the seventh. As I said, it would have made them 30-28, and 28, riding high on a wave of momentum. Who knows? They might. Have, I, I would venture to say they would win one of the next two games had they won this game. They would have guaranteed themselves at least a 500 record, but Coonrod did not have good command, allowed a leadoff swinging bunt single. Let's not forget, it, it kind of started with a lucky hit for the Padres. Coonrod then struck out the next batter, then he walked the next batter after that, and then was facing Trent Grisham, a dangerous lefty, and he, he was falling behind in the count and had to lay one in there, threw a changeup, couldn't command his fastball, so Grisham looked to be sitting on the changeup. And he hit a three-run homer that just crushed the Giants' hopes and dreams, really. And that, to me, will be the, the memory that stands out the most. That and the Trevor got blown games. And then, of course, on Sunday, they had a chance to clinch with just a win after the Brewers lost. But they fell behind 5-1, to one, could not mount a comeback fully. Home plate umpire Rob Drake had a terrible day. Just an unacceptably terrible day for Rob Drake in the most important game of the Giants' season. And he took the bat out of their hands four different times. His strike zone was awful. And I've been ready ever since I started CoveCast in 2015. I've been saying we need uh, automated strike zone, and I'm more ready now than ever. But anyway, I want to take a step back and not dwell on these games too much. We'll hopefully have a chance to do that later. But like, this is a time for reflection, I think. And it's just a fact that the Giants exceeded most people's expectations this year. If you were listening to this show, we, we were optimistic that this team, for the reasons that ended up transpiring, would be competitive, surprisingly competitive and tough on opponents Platoons would make it tough on on pitchers. Drew Smiley and Kevin Gosman being upside arms could make an impact, and they did. The coaching staff could make an underrated impact, and they did. The Giants ended up with just some phenomenal numbers offensively when you compare them to the rest of the league. By weighted runs created plus, they were the seventh best offensive team in baseball, 14% better than league average. They scored the eighth most runs in baseball. If that's a little bit of a more simple way to put it, they the eighth most runs in baseball among 30 teams. It's just extremely impressive. They were one of just 12 teams in all of baseball with a positive run differential. They were the only team with a positive run differential not to make the postseason. They were seventh in baseball and on base percentage at 335. They were sixth in slugging percentage at 451. Moving forward, underrate this team at your own peril because this is not just some kind of small sample fluke. They turned their offense around in probably the most dramatic way of any team in baseball. I'd have to look. And they were consistent. It wasn't like they had one really hot stretch that kind of buoyed these numbers. From start to finish, they hit. And they hit for power. They hit at home. And Their opponents didn't hit much better at home. That's something that was pointed out to me yesterday, and I looked into it, and it's very much true. A lot was made early on, like, oh, why are the Giants hitting so well at home? It's got to be because they put those 
you know, they, they covered up the right field arcade, that those windows in the right field wall. And because they changed the dimensions and because the weather was warmer. Well, if you look at what their opponents did at Oracle Park last year versus this year, and I even went so far as to take out pitchers from last year's results because pitchers were not in lineups this year. So we don't want the pitchers skewing, negatively skewing last year's numbers. So when you remove pitchers, basically teams were about the same. Road teams at Oracle Park were about the same last year and this year. But the Giants were... 20% 20% below average at Oracle Park last year. They hit 234 with a 298 on base and 371 slugging. And this year, not counting yesterday because I did these numbers before the game yesterday, but this year they hit 275 with a 353 on base and 486 slugging, which was 32% better than league average. So they went from 20% below average to 32% above average. Whereas their opponents went from 10% below average to 5% below average. Not much of a change, but a dramatic change for the Giants. So no, it is not just a small sample fluke. No, it is not just the change in dimensions and the, the outfield wall having, you know, being covered up in right field. The Giants hit better because they, they became better hitters. They, they had better hitters in, you know, Wilmer Flores and Darren Ruff as just a couple of examples. And those guys, of course, were brought in on extremely cheap bargain deals, but the hitters they had got better. And so that is just a huge credit to them first, coaching staff close second, because a lot of people criticize these guys coming in made fun of the fact that they didn't have a lot of experience in Major League dugouts. They didn't play. They weren't great hitters in their own right. But they know what they're doing when they're teaching hitting to these guys with the latest technology and tools. And it worked. So that bodes extremely extremely well for the future. And then pretty much all of the moves that Farhan Zaidi made in the offseason proved to just be great moves especially when you look at major league signings. I think it was um, Gosman, Smiley, and Wilmer Flores. And nobody really loved those signings at the time. People were pretty happy about Wilmer Wilmer Flores, I think, because he did so well against them the year prior. But Gosman and Smiley, I think people scoffed at those moves, and look what they turned into. They were not only the Giants' best pitchers, but they were two of the better starting pitchers in baseball. So great moves by Farhan Zaidi, which also bodes well for the future because I think hopefully people are starting to see this guy knows what he's doing in terms of finding talent. Another great year for Alex Dickerson, an MVP-type season for Mike Yastrzemski, who came out of nowhere last year to become one of the best players in the game. So a lot of optimism, I think, moving forward. So we'll, we'll just continue this conversation in the second half of the show. First, I want to talk about our good friends over at Built Bar. If you know me, you know that I love these bars. And I wouldn't be saying that about these bars if they weren't so low in sugar. Because I'm a health conscious person and I'm not going to be eating a protein bar that basically is a candy bar. But what's great about Built Bar is that they taste like a candy bar. They taste like candy, except they're somehow very low in sugar and high in protein. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. 
I'm going to give an example of the nutritional facts about one of these bars. The peanut butter bar has 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, and 5 grams of sugar. Built Bar has reset the promo code for this relaunch. There's a free cooler with every purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right. As promised here in the second half of the show, just going to wrap up this discussion talking about the 2020 Giants. I'm, I'm proud of them. Like I sit here and I'm just feeling really proud of this team for not just kind of buying into what people thought they would be, not just being this awful team. I mean, my goodness, prior to the season, I saw it all over the place. All, a lot of the writers, not to really throw them under the bus, but kind of, everybody like prefaced everything they said about their kind of expectations with, the Giants are going to be bad in 2020. However, like maybe some things will go right and they won't be like so, so bad, but they're going to be bad. Everybody said that, all of our beat writers. And they were wrong. The Giants were not bad. In fact, they were pretty good for a significant stretch of the season. And if some fluky things didn't go against them, like the Trevor got blowups, which we probably, I mean, we didn't see a five run lead in the ninth blown for like, what was it, 90 years? And so, like, if they had just won that game, just point to that one game where they had a five run ninth inning lead like you could put a position player on the mound and you're going to win that game most of the time so it's just a total fluke thing that they blew that game like Wilmer Flores decision did not just tag first base and instead randomly throw to second base there may have cost them the season and a, and a chance at the postseason so just a total fluke and they would have been in so it's just true that people were wrong about this team and what I was trying to say was that I saw all kinds of like comments on, on articles and so many people were saying Giants would be a hundred lost team for sure in a normal season. And Farhan Zaidi was delusional saying that they thought they could be competitive and they their goal was to be competitive as deep into the season as possible. Well, guess what? They were competitive as deep into the season as possible. It's just, it really is a shame and I feel some regret and remorse that they weren't able to pull it off because I think they would have bought themselves even more credibility than they already bought themselves by having a pretty good season if they had been able to make it to the postseason and really they could have done it they they had it right there in front of them and they easily could have 
been like 32 and 28, 33 and 27. That easily could have been their record this year. So I'm proud of them and I'm proud of them for being resilient. When they went eight and 16, they could have just given up, uh, believed that they were bad and gone on to have a terrible record that would have affirmed a lot of people's beliefs. But they didn't do that. They battled back. They they had a really good record after they were 8 and 16 and ended up where they were. There was an article in The Athletic. This was like the one that irritated me the most this season when it was said that no one on the 2020 team was going to have even a semi-prominent role in 2021. That just blew my mind because, I mean, he, Mike Yastrzemski was on that team. Imagine thinking Mike Yastrzemski wouldn't even have a semi-prominent role in the next season. Just blew my mind that that was written. And it's not just Yastrzemski. I mean, across the board, they're all going to have a role. I mean, unless they trade. I mean, Brandon Belt had a phenomenal season. Brandon Crawford had a really good season. Donovan Solano will be on this team next year. Kelly Johnson said on the postgame show that he's a free agent, but he's not. He's controllable for next year, too. So he'll be back. I mean, Yastrzemski, Dickerson, Dubone, Belt, Crawford, Solano, Bart, Posey, Gosman, hopefully, Smiley, hopefully, Berger, Harleen Garcia, Tyler Rogers. I mean, they're all going to have roles next year. I mean, Gosman and Smiley are free agents. I think the Giants would like to have them back. Both of them have just raved about their experience being with the Giants this year. So that is a very good sign. It's another telling sign into the clubhouse and into the fact that the players believe in what the team is doing. So I think there's mutual interest there. Obviously, I don't think the Giants are going to overpay for these guys who had great years. So they are going to cost more than what they cost coming into the year. So that's multiple times now Farhan Zaidi has targeted pitchers who ended up really improving their stock coming over to the Giants. Drew Pomeranz became an elite reliever after like four innings of relief with the Giants. Uh, Kevin Gosman now and Drew Smiley. Like these guys weren't just good for the Giants. They were good in all of baseball. They both were top 10 in strikeout rate among all starting pitchers with at least 20 innings pitched. Drew Smiley was sixth in all of baseball with a 35.6% strikeout rate. Kevin Gosman was ninth with a 33.5% strikeout rate. So Farhan Zaidi can find some talent. I mean, look at look at the way this team is built. Alex Dickerson, Mike Yastrzemski, these guys were acquired for nothing. And it's important to note his trades have all yielded really positive results and players that are in the long-term plans i mean none of them have hurt the giants it's just like the the roster churn a lot of the like waiver claims haven't necessarily panned out but the trades for yastrzemski dickerson dubone and then signings kevin gosman drew smiley donovan solano wilmer flores darren ruff who they got out of korea just had a great year. So there's just a lot of optimism. And going into next year, I think people will have the expectation that this team isn't going to just be terrible. And so that's great. If that's kind of the legacy of the 2020 season, what it did was convince a lot of people that they are for real and they're not 
going to go through some five-year rebuild where they're just awful and playing nothing but you know minor leaguers just hoping somebody becomes good. They're going to try to be competitive all along the way while always remembering the long-term vision is, to, is sustainable success. So they're not going to be trading away from their minor league system to get win-now players. But they're going to try to be competitive while developing and becoming a team you know like the Padres or the Dodgers where they're just bringing in young talent to supplement the the guys they already have so it's exciting Joey Bart debuted it was ultimately a little bit of a disappointing debut but others are coming the Giants have a good farm system and those guys more more will debut next year I think we'll see a lot more on the pitching side Elliot Ramos Marco Luciano spent the whole year at the alternate site Will Wilson was there. A lot of guys were there. Alex Canario, Luis Toribio. So we'll see what's in the plans. But I think expectations have changed and people will expect the Giants to at least be competitive going into 2021. So I look forward to an offseason. It's too bad it had to come so quickly, but it's going to be fascinating. And, you know, people will pay a little more attention to moves that the Giants make now, I think. And we'll be doing it like we've always done it. So we'll we'll continue to do this show. I'm not sure it's going to be five days a week in the offseason anymore. I think it might be three, but we'll we'll continue to carry you all throughout the offseason. So thank you so much for listening this year. It's been an honor and a privilege to do this show with you. And we've closed the book on 2020, but the the story continues and I look forward to the rest of the journey. Remember to get this show every weekday or three days a week. You need to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Kaspik. That's K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. Whatever you can do is very much appreciated. Thanks so much for listening. And until then, we'll see you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.